1: times when you look forward to doing <clears throat> a Bible study because because of, of the nature of the Bible study but not only that because of the because of the richness of this psalm in fact uh, a, a song was written in 19 in 2009 that was based on many of the verses in the psalm it was written by Brian Redmond it's uh, better's one day in your uh, house. And I enjoyed that song. I think that's a, a really good song and, and have enjoyed singing it many times. And this song is based off of that. And music is very powerful. It's a powerful part of uh, what we do on Sunday morning and a very powerful part of what we do when we deal with God. But also it is, it is very powerful when our worship music actually quotes God's word. And then we're singing his revelation back to him. And uh, that is that is something that unlocks uh, a lot in heaven when we uh, agree with him in not only our words, but in our song. And the psalm starts off, it is, uh, it is a psalm of Korah, and it starts off, how lovely is your tabernacle or dwelling place? And what that means is that this psalmist uh, understood that in a spiritual sense, we have access to the uh, place where God dwells. And if you understand that as a believer and begin to understand that although you may be physically anywhere in the world, you may be at your home, you may be at work, you may be in your car, you may be in prison in a foreign land like many soldiers. You may be, you may be out in the middle of the ocean or in the middle of the wilderness somewhere. Although your body may be in this physical world, your spirit is in uh, eternity because your spirit is eternal. And your spirit dwells in the tabernacle of God and dwells in the, not only dwells with you in your own body, but it dwells in the spiritual also. And so you have access to the throne room of heaven, to the temple of God that is in heaven. And you have access to God's dwelling place where he sits on his throne. And and the more time you, in a very real sense, in your mind, in your heart, and your, and your intellect, the, the more time you spend actually focused on being in the presence of God, whether that be corporately in worship, or whether it be individually, when you're dealing with God personally, and the realization that God has made that possible for you. And the trust in that, the trust that when I speak to God, I stand before him, that when when I have needs, I can boldly go before his throne. The belief, the trust that that is taking place because God has revealed it to me, not only through his word, but he's revealed it through his word to my human spirit by the Holy Spirit so that I know that's what's going on. And when you realize that, and then you enter into his presence and speak with him, it is glorifying to God, but it also is a place of great assurance and a great peace. And so he says, how lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. What he's saying is how good it is to go and spend time with God. And it is a vacation or an escape from this world itself to be in his presence, and to realize that by being in His presence is changing, or His presence is affecting the physical world that I live in, He says, "My soul longs, yes, even faint, for Your courts, O Lord." And what He for the courts of the Lord? What He's saying is my the desire of not just my spirit, but my soul itself, my my passions and my intellect, my my thoughts and my emotions, my heart and my my soul longs even faints for to, to be in your presence. What wouldn't that be wouldn't that be a fabulous mindset for God's people to desire so much to be in his presence that they go to his presence when they're alone but but they even desire more to be in his presence with other believers because by the way when we're in his presence in eternity we will be in his presence all together and the individual worship and the individual seeking out of God's presence is of great importance but also there's great power in the longing and desiring to be in the presence of God in a corporate setting like on Sunday morning during worship and he says my long my soul desires it longs it seeks after it 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 hungers to be in his presence even the sparrow has he says my heart and my flesh cry out for the living God so he says my soul my my heart and my emotions and even my my physical body needs and cries out for the living God. And and the word of God is help to a whole man's body. It's help to our physical body. And and it brings about uh, healing and peace to be in his presence. And so he says, my heart and my flesh cry out for the living God, uh, desire the living God. And it's always good to pause and say, is that true of you? Is that what you're doing? Is that what's going on? And if it is, I can tell you that will be evident in how you live your life and how you how and how you uh, react to being there and being with him on Sunday it, it, it becomes evident that you're a person who who cries out for the living God. You desire the living God, and then you can look around and see those. Who don't and want to, for them to understand that and see that and give them an opportunity to experience regularly entering into the presence of the living God and, and, and teaching them to walk by faith. And he says, even the sparrow has found a home, meaning even the least and littlest of God's creature, creatures have a home in the presence of God. He says, and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young even your altar, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. What he's saying is God has provided for everyone and our home is not here. Our home is in glory. God has made provision for all that he has made and his provision for us is not in this physical world, although he does provide while we uh, sojourn. The word is sojourners as we pass through this life. He makes provision for us while we're here, but his eternal provision for us is not here in this valley of the shadow of death. His eternal provision for us is in his presence. And he says, even your altar, Lord of hosts, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will still be praising you. Notice Selah, he says, "He says, what do you think about that? And they do, they praise him day and night, uh, forever and ever and we will be doing that, but you have access to that even now. And uh, you have access to his power and his throne even today. Blessed is the man whose strength is not in itself, but is in you. He says, we're blessed when we realize that the true power and the true purpose of our lives are in God and not in ourselves. And, uh, and that how we access him, is through him. How we know of him is by him. How we hear his word and his voice is because of his great mercy toward us. The understanding, the understanding that we do not do anything, but he has made a way, and what we do is we trust in that way. Uh, the heart and, and then the flesh of the of the sinful man desires to make his own way desires to make his own door open, desires to bring about his own purposes before God. But but the word of God clearly indicates that we do not have anything and we do not do anything except by his strength and by his provision. It's not by our own. And so blessed is the man whose strength is in you, who does not rely on his fading and weak strength, but he relies on the strength that only comes from God, on the provision that only comes from God, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. Notice we're sojourners and we have the opportunity each and every day to go on a pilgrimage, to actually go. You hear people going on a pilgrimage to have a spiritual experience somewhere in this world. But the truth is we can go on a pilgrimage in our spirit every day to the very throne room. What a a way better pilgrimage that is than any pilgrimage there is out there. And to have our hearts set on that is a powerful idea and understanding. And then once you begin to act on that idea and understanding and walk in that idea and understanding, boy, life is life is just found anew and and is exciting. He says, Blessed are those who dwell in he says, as they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools. What he's saying is when we go into the presence of God, where we live is changed also because our spirit is uh, empowered, our heart and our mind are renewed, and the world, the literal physical world that we're in today is renewed and strengthened and nourished and watered. There is great grace that is poured out of us on the world we live in when we seek out when we actively seek out God. He says, they go from strength to strength. Each one uh, appears before God in Zion. And Zion is a place of this power and strength. is his holy hill as the, as the Bible talks about. It is where he dwells. And notice, they go from strength to strength. It's an increasing greater and greater strength when you enter into his presence. There's a desire. And, and let me ask you something. Do you desire to enter into his presence? Do you desire to enter into his presence? If you don't, is it because you didn't know you could? If, if it, if it's because you didn't know you could, you can. You have access to him and he does not hold you back at all because he has, he has, he has atoned for your sin. With his own, with his son's own blood. And so you have access. And if it's not because you, you have something that you feel ashamed of before him, there is no shame before God for those who are redeemed. And for those who are not, they don't know that they don't have, that they don't have access anyway. For those who do, there's no shame for you. He sees you as his son. He's remembered your, he's cast your sin as far as the east is from the west and remembers them against you no more. You have access to him and you can go before. Now, it is true that if he's told you things that he wants for your life and you have actively rebelled against it, sure, you probably realize that if you go talk to him, he's going to talk to you about the things that he wants for your life that you won't, you want to allow him to, to put in place because you have your own desires and your own desires are, are outweighing his. You're rebelling against his leadership. And remember there can only be one will in heaven and that's the father's will. And so the, his very best is only found in his will. And so if you are in that position where you are, you have access to him, but you don't want to go because you're in rebellion against him, don't re, don't reject the rebellion. Reject the desires of your own heart and choose his. His way is the best way. His way is the only way. His way is the only way of life that the rest always lead to death, some form of death around you. He says, O Lord, God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Notice when we go in his presence saying, I want you to hear what I've got to say. And God says, he does. He says he does. Uh, he hears the prayers of his saints. Jesus said he does not hear, the, hear those of the, those who are not. But he hears the prayers of his saints. He says, oh God, behold our shield and look upon the face of your anointed. Oh God, behold our shield and, and look upon the face of your anointed. And, and who are the anointed of God? And who, who is our shield? Well, our shield is the Holy Spirit and we are the anointed of God. He says, we have a protector here, a paraclete, an advisor, a counselor who's with us all the time. And we have the anointing of God upon us because we are redeemed, we're born again. But knowing that and walking in that and realizing that is is where life is found. Sometimes people say, you talk about some deep stuff and can't we just do the simple stuff? No, the simple stuff is skim milk. The simple stuff will not make us strong and mature. God desires for us to be strong and mature. God desires for us to uh, hear his word in its depth. God wants us to know the deep things of him. And, and when we stand before him, he wants us to stand in strength and maturity. And so his desire is for us to see who he is. His desire is for us to know that we have the shield of the Holy Spirit and how to opt in the shielding of the Holy Spirit. He wants us to know that we're his anointed and what anointing means and what the power that comes with that uh, has to do with our lives. He says, "For the day, for for a day in your court is better than a thousand elsewhere. One day in your court." Now that's the uh, the lyrics to uh, the song that Brian Redman sings. It says, "For better is one day in your court, better is one day in your house, better is one day in your court than a thousand elsewhere." And and it is. It's better to spend one moment with God in His presence than a thousand moments during the day elsewhere. Better is one day in his courts. Better is one day spending time with God than a thousand days not spending time with God. Oh, that God's people on Sunday morning would see it that way. Oh, that God's people would desire him. I have a feeling that the reason Sunday morning is such a option rather than a mandate in the hearts of God's people is because they don't know his word, they don't know his, and they fail to recognize the great life that is found meeting together and meeting, meeting with his people in worship. And, and so all over uh, the country we live in, many Christians opt out of being one day in his house, and they waste a great day that is far superior than a thousand days anywhere else. He says, better is one day in your courts, better is one day in your house, better better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. What is he saying? Even if I wasn't the anointed, I'd rather be the one who opened the door than to be in the full dwelling of the wickedness of this world. Is that, is that your heart? If it is, then you need to make your life that way. He says, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. He's light and he is our protector. He says, when we're in his presence, we know of his light because he reveals it to us. We know of his truths, his deep understandings of how he has made things and how they work. He says, I I give you that light. And he he says, and I shield you from the arrows of the enemy. I shield you from the darkness of this world. I I, I shield you from the destruction that this world wants to bring upon you because you're in my presence and in my power. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will be withheld from those who walk uprightly, he's saying, you're not gonna have anything withheld from when you learn to walk in, remember that uprightness, that righteousness comes from faith. When you learn to walk in uprightness before God, meaning walking by faith, he says, nothing will be withheld from you. He says, I'm not holding anything back. I'm not keeping you from anything. The only thing that's keeping you from anything is your failure to be in my presence. He says, no good thing will be withheld from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man who trusts in you. And that is, is, well, the essence of the whole story of scripture is God's plan to bring us back right with him and to teach us to trust in him, to trust in his will, to faith him, to believe upon his name, to place our hope in him, to trust him. Faith, hope, trust, believe, to trust God. Blessed is the man who trusts in you. I hope that is you this morning. I hope you are learning more and more each day to trust in him. That is the salvific process. That That is salvation to us is to learn to trust in him. He's given us that in the new birth. He has opened our eyes to it when he called upon us And uh, when you turned and repented and was converted to him, once that happened, you have every ability to learn to trust him each and every day. And you have every ability to learn to walk in his will and his way each and every day. And you walk uprightly when you trust his will and his way and walk in it. And then you have every ability to have life and life eternal in its fullness here on this earth and not just in heaven. And why should we waste days not being in the presence of God? Why should we waste moments not realizing that that our home is in His presence and we are pilgrims in the land we're in today? And important pilgrims because we're the very power and presence of God in a lost and dying
0: world. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you that he'll make his face to shine upon you and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus name.